Okay, then let's move on and talk about tonight leavening the land. And I and I told you that we would talk. We're going to kind of tie up some loose ends tonight. Okay, told you we would talk about leavening the land because he did not. Uh, John Benefil did not talk about that when he did the divorcing bail tapes. But in his book, uh, he uh, talked about leavening the land and. Uh, so I think this would be something you'd be interested in and need to know about. And then I'm going to share something that I think will... I know the Lord wants me to share this tonight, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So I'm going to read to you just a little short passage. It just says, Leavening, the second part of the Lord's answer concerned leavening. He just wouldn't let me get away from that subject. So I began to teach on it from Matthew 13, 33. That's where Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. The principle of leavening is that it spreads. We were ready to see the kingdom of God spread in our region of the state. So when God gave one of our intercessors a recipe for leaven, we decided to bury leaven at key spiritual gates as a prophetic act. As the, at the Lord's leading, we started leavening on the 100th meridian. This is the only place in the United States that the 100th meridian falls on a state line separating two states, Texas and Oklahoma. Since we felt as though the 100th meridian was a spiritual gate dealing with Native American issues, we asked Apostle Jay Swallow to join us. One intercessor brought a starter mix, and we also had a loaf of baked leaven. We dug a hole about six to eight inches deep. Now, all of that, you know, it doesn't matter how deep the hole is and all that, okay? And <laughs> didn't want y'all to get, you know, trying to get all the details, you know, six in, you know, hallelujah. Uh, and put the leaven mix in the bottom and the baked leaven on top. Then we covered it with soil and declared that the kingdom of God would advance to the north, south, east, west, northwest, southwest, southeast, south, northeast. Apostle Jay declared some things from the heavenlies, and I knew we'd made a shift to the offensive. God gave us another sign. It rained that afternoon. The next day, several ladies from our church went back to the site and were stunned to see the starter mix bubbling up out of the ground. They took pictures of it with their cell phones and brought them back for all to see. On July 8, 2008, I taught on leavening during our evening service, and afterwards we sent people home to leaven their property. That's when things began to shift. The reports that came back to us were amazing. One man owned 520 acres that he had been trying to lease for oil or gas since 1978. Three days after he leavened his property, the entire 520 acres was leased. Another couple from our congregation have a wheat farm about 35 miles from Woodward. At that time, farmers were getting anywhere from 19 to 22 bushels of wheat per acre. After leavening his property, he got 41 bushels per acre. The man was at a coffee shop telling other farmers about his bounty, but they didn't believe him. They said it was nothing more than a big fish story. So he went home, brought back the receipts to prove it. Another of our intercessors owned an interior design business, which is a luxury item. To complicate matters, her business was underneath the Masonic Lodge. We leavened her business, and she had the biggest year in sales she had ever experienced. Apostle Jay Swallow called one day that November and said, I wish you could see what I'm seeing outside my window. He and his wife had leavened their property, and after all the grass, the rest of the grass had died and the trees had lost their leaves on the plot of ground where they had leavened. Let's see. He, he and his wife had leavened their property, and, af, 
And after all the rest of the grass had died and all the trees had lost their leaves. Okay, we're getting this now. On the plot of ground where they had leavened, the grass was green. In other words, it was fall and but it stayed green. Apostle Jay also had multiple elm trees in the yard, all of which had lost their leaves except the one tree near the leaven, and it still bore green leaves. It's a phenomenon, Jay said. Jay said, over the next year, we leavened 90% of Woodward County. We leavened the courthouse, we leavened the police station, we leavened the city offices, we leavened the hospitals, we leavened all forms of transportation in and out of the city, the airport, the railway station, and the highways. And that was before the economic slump before AIG collapsed. We contacted our banks, talked to each president, asked for permission to come and pray. Each of them allowed us to pray, and we leavened each property. We leavened different financial institutions and asked God to stabilize them. This was in the fall of 2008. We had no way of knowing what was ahead for the United States economy. But if the kingdom of God is like leaven, then we were going to call forth that kingdom to expand from that point forward. Hallelujah. So that's a good testimony. So if you want a leaven, well, you can, the recipe for leavening's in here. Uh, I don't know that it's important that you follow their recipe. Uh, I can tell you, I don't think their recipe was edible. So you won't be tempted to eat while you're leavening your land. <laughs> but I think they came up with some sort of mixture that was more had a spiritual connotation to it because they mixed uh, uh, yeast and, and grape juice and olive oil. And I think, you know, that was kind of symbolic spiritually. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Y'all get it. The Holy Ghost and and leavening, the kingdom leavening. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting testimony. And we did go out and leaven the land at, at Coker with uh, Lawrence and, and, uh, and uh, Kathleen provided the, the, the little loaf and the and the whatever that was, it was the leaven, I guess. It was it was kind of strange looking, but it, it it did the trick. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I knew that I was supposed to talk about this because last night, and I'm sure you have you ever got hung in a dream? Like you're dreaming and then all the rest of the night you're just in the dream, you're just working in it and working it and working it. And sometimes that's not even a spiritual thing. Maybe you're trying to figure out something in your dream. But last night it was spiritual for me. Uh, last night it was, um, I dreamed, uh, I dreamed that, um, that the Holy, I, I guess I dreamed the Lord spoke to me and it was like he it was like he spoke a scripture to me it was just like he told me a scripture the only thing is what he told me isn't a scripture <laughs> but it fit it does line up with scripture but anyway i just heard the lord say in my dream and it and then i worked this all night long i'm just working this and when i woke up immediately this morning I thought about it immediately. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay. But anyway, the words that the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my dream were, whatsoever words are spoken, the land retains them. Whatsoever words are spoken, the land retains them. And so I, I thought about that, and the first thing, you know, that came to my mind, a couple of things came to mind. It's like, oh, that's why we're supposed to leaven the land and we're supposed to divorce Baal and all those things because when we speak those words over the land in certain places, the actual land retains them. The actual land. And then I thought, immediately my next thought upon getting up was more Oklahoma. 
And listen to this. Whatsoever words are spoken, the land retains them. And what do people that live in Oklahoma say all the time? We live in Tornado Alley. And I'm like, oh, oh, that land needs cleansing from those words. It just hit me so big. And so I'm thinking, so I just get to my Bible and I'm like trying to find a scripture. I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a scripture I hadn't seen that says this just practically exactly. But, you know, I really couldn't find anything that said it exactly. But I want to just go over some scriptures tonight with you. And it's just important what our words say. And it's important in the cleansing of our land. You know, when Pastor and I leavened our home and our lot, well, we uh, just dug up any words that, because, you know, the builder owned our lot before we owned our lot. And, you know, and I don't know who owned it, who he bought it from, but somebody owned that before. So I, we just spoke over, we just dug up any words that were contrary, that anybody that could have walked that land. Another thing the Lord spoke to me in prayer about two weeks ago is he said the words ancient paths. And we talked about that. You don't ever know who walked the path across your land or across your house. So we need to, um, uh, um, with our words, um, counteract anything that's been spoken, you know, concerning in more Oklahoma. Now they're saying, well, this is five tornadoes in 15 years. And I said, you know, something spiritual is working here because in the, the odds of that, I mean, those are, you can't get odds like that in Las Vegas, you know. They would say the odds of that would be so tremendously but then I thought, you know, well, in since nineteen since two thousand, I know of three that have hit Tuscaloosa in thir- in whatever that is, thirteen years. And so our the land retains our words. That's the thing. And so I'm thinking about all the words. And, we, and Pastor and I started talking about our, our nation and how we speak. We sing God bless America. And thank, and I think that we enjoy a lot of the things we enjoy because of the words that have been spoken, like "God bless America," and like we we say, uh, 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 "One nation under God." I believe the "under God" part was added in the fifties. Uh, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And our land, our nation, retains those words. And so it's important that we keep them. And then our money says, in God we trust. And those words get spoken. Hallelujah. And so the more we can say those things and the more we can speak God's words over our land, our country, our nation, but our city, our county, your home, your property. You know, the house of the righteous is blessed. The house, the house of the righteous will stand. You know, there's a, there's lots of scriptures. Um, hallelujah! By wisdom, my house is builded, and through knowledge, its chambers are filled with all pleasant and precious riches. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Praise God! And there's just so many things that we can speak. And then, what about this property we have right here? Our body. How about doesn't it retain the words that we've spoken? And we 
you know, and I just, you know, I felt like having a repenting party for everything I'd spoken that I know I've spoken things like, I don't need to say that. And, you know, one thing I've learned about prayer is I used to, and I, don't, I, I just, I think this is a better way to pray. Now, I instead of cursing the darkness, I bless the light, you know, and I, 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 in my body, I say, you know, I bless my back. And I used to be like, man, I, I curse pain. I curse this. I, you know, and it's like, no, I don't even pay attention to that. I bless my back. I speak blessings. My organs are blessed. My, you know, my brain is blessed. Hallelujah. Not I've gone crazy, gone crazy back soon or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, just all these little cute sayings that sometimes we say, I'm about to lose my mind. These kids are driving me crazy, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But my mind is blessed. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so this ground, getting it blessed because it's retaining what I'm saying. Hallelujah. But then getting the land of our, you know, somebody needs to get a revelation. And, you know, I know John Benefield is on top of it in Moore, Oklahoma. I'm sure he's like, oh, my word. You know, this came under my watch and how we got to straighten this out. But, you know, he's he's working on it. He's getting it. Hallelujah. And we all miss things. We all let things slip through. Hallelujah. And, you know, I'm not to say I don't know if more Oklahoma is incorporated and it has its own government. But if it does, then the, the authority he carries there is probably not the same as it would be if he lived there. Somebody that lives there needs to speak it. Somebody that lives there needs to take a stand. Amen. And the whole state of Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas, and I don't know where else, needs to say, quit saying, we live in Tornado Alley. And somebody was kind of on the news was saying, uh, well, uh, they were saying, well, is anybody moving away because of this? And one, and they said, well, we heard one man say he had had enough and he was gone. And, uh, and, uh, and they were like kind of, like that wasn't the right thing to do, that you need to stay tough and stick it out. But, you know, my idea is like if you live in a neighborhood that's getting a lot of crime in it, what do you do? You move. And it's like if you don't know what to do spiritually, the smartest thing to do naturally is move yourself out of there and get out of the tornado alley. Hallelujah. Of course, then you might, I don't know where you're going to go, but. You know, <laughs> you go to Wyoming, you may drown in snow or something, but hallelujah. But I mean, you know, it is, I'm not saying that there's any safe place, but we move. I thought, what's so strange about moving from Tornado Alley? You'd move out of a neighborhood that was crime ridden and you wouldn't think a thing about it. And, you know, I'm thinking, why would you build a house back in a, you know, along in a, uh, on a, below sea level in New Orleans again. But people get attached to their, uh, you know, their country. I mean, it's just like the Jews. The European Jews had many opportunities to escape before World War II, but we get attached to our... We, some of them, they were born there, even though they were Jews. They weren't born in Israel. They were born in, you know, Hungary and 
all these places, and uh, they were born there. They said they had very prosperous businesses, and even though they had little warning signs and there were encouragements to leave and get out, they were like, but my business is here, and it's really prospering. And, you know, even after World War One, I, I read somewhere where there was an opportunity that opened up for Jews to return to the homeland of Israel. But, you know, you're prospering, you're in Hungary, you're in uh, Holland, you're in uh, Germany, you're in these nations and and you're prospering and this is the home country and, you know, it sounds like a lot of trouble to move and go to either Israel or go to England or go to America when there was the opportunity and they didn't go and they died in, they died in concentration camps and some of them burned in furnaces and, uh, you know, in those contra- concentration camps. But you know, we got to be willing to take the opportunities to escape when God gives them to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm thinking, if you've had four tornadoes in the last 15 years, why was anybody in their homes? Of course, I realize they only had 15 minutes for sure notice, but somebody said they've known three days. They knew three days it was coming. If you don't know the spiritual principle of keeping it off of you, you ought to head it for the, uh, yeah, hey, you, hallelujah, you should have, you know, run to the border, hallelujah, right? I mean, that's how I'm thinking. I'm not condemning anybody or anything, but I'm just, I am just showing you how we, sometimes we think. It's like, well, yeah, but that'd be a lot of trouble. Well, it would be. And nobody wants to act fearful either. We don't want to act like we're fearful. But uh, now with all the radar and things that we have, if we don't know how to play, pray, then at least we know they're coming. I mean, we know ahead of time. And uh, uh, so anyway, that would be a thought. But we, know, we don't have to do that in this church because we know. But on the other hand, we don't want to be so super spiritual that if we felt an unction of the Holy Spirit to go somewhere, you know, be gone that day, then I'd be gone that day. I'd obey, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. Because if we obey, hallelujah, we'll be safe. And really, all the authority we carry and all the words we could say and all the prayers we could pray and all the declarations we could declare will never over and be ne- never be more than obeying God when he tells us when he tells us something to do. So don't ever feel bad if if you know if you say, "Well, I'm headed for Columbus, Mississippi today or wherever." I don't know if that'd be a safe place, but no, about might not. I you know, you probably need <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. But the Lord if he if the Lord was to tell you get out, he'd tell you where to go. Hallelujah. And we always want to be uh, if the Lord says go home and you're at work, go home. If the Lord says stay put, then stay put. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I always want to obey because I don't want. The, I still believe the angels would protect me, but I don't want any angels having to work overtime trying to get me out of mess because I didn't obey. Amen. So we're going to turn over to Amos chapter seven and look at a couple of scriptures. I think y'all have got the point that, you know, what the Lord said was, um, 
whatsoever words are spoken, the land retaineth them. And I tell you, in the dream, it was just like the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the dream, it was like, oh, the Lord has given me a scripture. But then it really wasn't a scripture. Amos 7.10. But we know the principle is true. Thank you, Jesus. I don't... Amos 7.10 says, uh, Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. And I think that's kind of the thing in more Oklahoma, that it's like the land is just filled up with the words that they've just been spoken over and over and over. And now we got the media speaking them. And, you know, the whole world is speaking them now. And it's like, oh, man, we just are filling up uh, with these words. And drought. Oh, and, you know, we in West Texas, it's like, man, that's all they talk about is drought and how it hadn't rained. And even, you know, pastor's mother will email him and it's like, do y'all have anything to talk about of, but it didn't rain. Uh, it clouded up. It thundered, but it didn't rain. And it's like, man, we get to feeling guilty because it's like we got, well, I had three inches this week. <laughs> you know, I get, I really, we just don't mention it, you know. And daddy said, he when he was here, he said, I'm going to tell them guys back in West Texas, you know, his friends, he said, I'm going to tell him if y'all want to see something green, then go to Alabama because you will see something green, <laughs> you know. And, and so it's like, but sometimes somehow we've got to quit feeding the land drought and feeding the curse to, you know, we're just feeding it. Hallelujah. And um, so then uh, Job 2.10 We'll just look up a couple of things. Job 2.10. But they console themselves out there by saying, Well, I'd rather live here with no dr with drought than I would to have them tornadoes y'all have. And so um, we don't have to choose, though, do we? Job 2.10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh, what shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And in all this did not Job sin with his lips. So there were some bad things happening in Job's life, but he, in all that happened, he did not sin with his lips. That's what the Bible says. And that's what we need to say. We need to believe God and, and you know, focus on is that we don't sin with our lips by by creating something hallelujah and sometimes you know we've been with company this past weekend and company that don't believe exactly like you do or that just love you and they just want to sympathize with you they won't well how are you well what causes that and well you know and uh <laughs> and why and what can the doctor do and it's like um it's hard to sometimes not sin with your lips when people are trying to just kind of like those football players that jump and draw you off sides, you know. Well, they, they're trying to draw you off sides. I mean, they're not, but the devil is. And uh, hallelujah, their intent is just that I, I love you, you know, and all that. Job 15, 6 says, Thine own mouth condemneth thee, and not I, yea, thine own lips testify against thee. And so um, we don't want our lips to testify, do we? 
Not in that way. We want them to testify for us. Our mouths are very powerful. And the Bible says that out of the same fountain, uh, blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same place. And sometimes that's what's happening is the reason. It just it's going to be, you can speak good, but if you go home and speak negative, it's going to just counteract it. It's just going to be bitter. Bitter water will always make uh, sweet water bad. You can't put, you know, a drop of arsenic in water and say this is safe. You know, even if it's just one drop, who wants to drink that? Hallelujah. So you have to eliminate the poison, not just kind of dilute it with with good words. Uh, so John 17, I mean, Psalm 17, 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Now there, you know, there that uh, there were paths. Uh, they said that tornado came nearly exactly the same path. That that is an that is a path of the destroyer that somehow needs to be closed off. And like I said, I'm confident about Oklahoma that somebody's going to get a hold of this. I, I, you know, and because I believe there's praying people there and from John Benefield's ministry and so forth. Psalm 34, 13 says, uh, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Well, we know that, don't we? And then Proverbs Proverbs 12, 13. And we'll move on to something else. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. So even if we live in the midst of a wicked place where everybody there is speaking something contrary to life, uh, we'll be safe from trouble. Amen. If we keep our mouths right and don't get in agreement with them. Proverbs thirteen three: He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Whew. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's about the only... I told you I'm tying up loose ends tonight. This is tie up loose ends tonight. So that that's one loose end tied up, okay? Y'all got it. So now we're going to talk about divorcing Baal or Baal. And uh, I'm turn over to Matthew 16 and verse 19. And we can do something different next week because we'll have all these loose ends tied up. Matthew 16, 19. I think it's interesting. We'll read this and I'll tell you. Jesus speaking said this. Uh, he said, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I like that. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I believe that's the key, or at least one of them, that's the key of the kingdom of heaven right there. That is a major key to all of life, to everything concerning the kingdom of God. That he has put, he has said, what you bind on, whatever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. In other words, he will back you up in heaven. If you say, no, tornado, you can't come on my property, he'll back you up. And the, the way this is going to be, you say, well, what if it doesn't work completely? 
Well, it the how how much it'll work is depending on how much how much confidence you have in the authority that you've been given. It you this you this prayer prayed with total with with complete with absolutely zero fear will work absolutely zero absolutely perfectly. But this prayer and you binding something but having no confidence in it will have very little impact. But if you're building your confidence and you're getting there, hallelujah, and we're all just we're all in process of getting there where we have complete confidence in heaven and who we are in Christ and not only who we are in Christ, but who he is in us. Hallelujah. You know who you are in Christ, but still not be confident of who he is in you. Amen. And so Shelby, and so then what's interesting is that he, this is so important that just another oh, in chapter 18, just turn the page and he repeats it. And he says in chapter 18, verse 18, he says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So God's never going to do all the work, is he? And so there was a lot of prayers prayed in Moore, Oklahoma when that tornado was coming. Oh, God, help us. And I'm sure he did as much as he can. But we're here to co-labor with him. And he can't stop what we don't stop because he gave us the authority. Hallelujah. And in, when it comes to revival, he's not going to loose what we don't loose. Hallelujah. When it comes to blessing. So it works on both sides though, doesn't it? And then if you look at Matthew, so this divorcing Baal, this is part our job and then it's part God's. Hallelujah. The results are up to God. The obedience is up to us. And using our authority, our binding and our loosing authority, which is right here. Then in verse, look in chapter 18, verse um, uh, 16. That's wrong. I typed it. I didn't type it good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No? Yeah. That's it. But if he will not hear thee, then take thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. The power of two and th two or three. The power of two or three. That power of two or three. And then verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So we see that multiplication that Pastor talked about right in those two verses. So he kind of repeats both things twice. I believe both those things are very big keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. We know that, don't we? And uh, he sent... Uh, and we went out two by two and like to pray for the sick two by two. Not not on only way, but it's it's it is a power that is one of the principles that will uh, be powerful in the kingdom of God. So there's two parts. There's the power of your words, our words, released with our believer authority. And then there's uh, to this divorcing bail, there's two parts. Let me clarify. There's the power of our words released with our believer authority. And then there's the prophetic act sign. And I want to talk about that a little bit. What is a prophetic act? Have you been, have you ever heard of that? Well, there's lots of prophetic acts in the Bible. Uh, you know, they, they put a limb in the bitter water. That was a prophetic act. There's no, there's no, uh, there's nothing in limbs that makes water pure. 
that was a prophetic act. And so throughout the Bible, you can think of a lot of prophetic acts if you want to. Even in the natural, we do things that are similar to prophetic acts, but they're really not spiritual. They're more natural. I thought of several, but the one that's coming to my mind right now, I didn't write them down. But one of the things we do is when a new ship is coming, we get a bottle of wine and we break the bottle of wine over it. And that's supposed to be that it'll have good success. And they name it too. But it, the name the ship, it, it's supposed to mean that, okay, this is going to have uh, good success. And we do all sorts of things like that that are symbolic, but and they're kind of like a prophetic act, but they're, all, they're in the natural. But in the spiritual side, there's many, many prophetic acts. Uh, one of the prophetic acts is that we anoint with oil. That could be a prophetic act. There's no power in oil. Otherwise, we would just soak everybody that's sick in a bathtub full of oil. Amen. Hallelujah. Just go buy those big jugs of peanut oil down at, you know, like you fry up the catfish in down at Sam's Club. And we just fill the bathtub up and dunk you under. And me too. I mean, we just jump in. We just fill our pool up with it. And we'd all just swim in oil. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we know there's no power in that, is there? It's a prophetic act and there's a lot of things what about communion well the, now the catholic believes that when you take it it actually turns to blood and the bread turns to jesus's body but we see it more of a faith act a prophetic act of faith hallelujah it's fine with me if it does turn into that after it gets into me but but so i'm not contradicting that but i do know that i see it more like a a prophetic act. And you can think of others in the Bible. If we sit here and think th thought about it, we could think of them all night long. But I'll, uh, So a prophetic act is a Holy Spirit inspired. And it's an action. It's something the Holy Spirit tells you to do. It's an act of obedience. And it needs to be carried out precisely. And it needs to be carried out in a timely manner. I know God will speak to you and you may not even recognize it as prophetic acts. There's been times we've went out and anointed our doorposts uh, with oil. Hallelujah. There's been times we went to our farm and poured oil on the four corners. Then that didn't do anything. That don't keep bugs off, but it was a prophetic act and we released our faith in it. Amen. Some of you may have anointed your car with oil when you first got it, your new car. Or maybe you did something in your new house when you first got it. Or hallelujah. Anybody ever do a prophetic act? Well, did anybody ever divorce Baal? That was partly a prophetic act and partly. and But the leaven is certainly a prophetic act, isn't it? So it needs to be carried out precisely. And when God tells you a prophetic act, it needs to be carried out in a timely manner. We don't want to talk ourselves out of it. We don't want to say, well, this is, you know, because sometimes prophetic acts can seem so, oh, God, this seems stupid. This seems insignificant. What could this do? You know, what possibly could this do? Hallelujah. You know, another one in the natural that we do, a natural prophetic act, is we tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Hallelujah. When we got soldiers out, we tie a ribbon around, and we're saying, we're saying not only we do we still want you, the song goes, 
Do you still want me, you know? It's been three long years. Do you still want me? Hallelujah. Y'all don't remember that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anyway, but we are saying, are not only saying we, we still want you, we're saying we believe you're coming back to us. And it's a natural thing. I mean, you might attach some spirituality to it, but it's more natural than uh, than uh, supernatural. But God will give us uh, prophetic acts. Sometimes people take... Uh, they wear a certain something somebody gave them because it's supposed to be safety or whatever. Uh, so uh, those kind of things. So we don't want to talk ourselves out of it, think it's insignificant, and we sure don't want to say, well, this is inconvenient. I read about a, pa- a minister, a pastor, and the Lord told him, I want you to go pour two liters of water on every county in California. And he said that was very inconvenient to take. He said it took him four days, his family, to because California is big. And, you know, and so to go to every county in California and, um, and pour a two-liter bottle of water on the ground. And so he, but they did it. And uh, actually, a prophet told them to do it. And they'd had two words of prophecy, and the second prophet told them to do this. And so they went and did it. And he showed a picture on the Internet that two things happened at the last county, but one of them was this black streak went across the sky clear to the ground, and he's got a picture of it. He said it was like Satan fell from heaven, <laughs> kind of. He said, that's how I felt. And then, and and uh, like, not long after that, Governor Jerry Brown declared that the drought was over in California. So, hallelujah. So, whatever God says do, amen, we want to do. And so, uh, let's have some testimonies now, because we said we would do that, from those of you that went to divorce bail. And just, you may, you, I'm, I'm sure you may not have a, a streak of the devil fell from heaven and have a picture of a streak in the sky for us, but, but tell us kind of what happened when you went out. And so who wants to start that? Leanne and Myron, y'all want to start? Y'all want to come up here so it'll be on the CD? We went to the Masonic Lodge in Northport, and as we, we were uh, there, it, it really, uh, the Lord led us to really pray, pray for the people because of the deception that the people were under and opened the blinders and, and their eyes and, and, uh, that what they were seeking was not not there, but there was something else, yeah. better better for them, and you know we just and and while we we're there, there's a uh, the Woodsman Insurance Company right next door, so we went ahead and took care of it while we we're there. So uh, so it can't prosper. Yeah, it's a uh, it's part of the part of uh, the Masonic. Uh, so it it just really you know we were there thinking or i i went in just thinking well we're just going to do this but it really led into the people and the freedom that you know the people to be free of what they were and um so and i'll let leanne talk about capitol park we went to capitol park and when we were praying for them i had the unction to pray about all the words that have been spoken there so i thought that was really interesting we were talking about words tonight so we renounced all the words that had been spoken there and then after we finished speaking over it and, de- and denouncing or, or divorcing bail there there was just like a freedom i just felt it just seemed like it was brighter there and and just a freedom in the air and 
while we're there, we also, uh, any laws that were passed while that was the capital that were not of God, we uh, denounced them. And also, we were led to uh, think that it was uh, to come against all satanic worship that was would be done, had been done on those on those grounds there. That it would it it would not, if they came back, it would they what they were doing would not wouldn't work. So, so. We, uh, Garland and I, and Pam and Joey, went to uh, DCH, the one in Northport, as well as uh, Tuscaloosa. And we just went through our little paper, and we prayed in the Spirit. We just really felt like a spiritual um, things had gotten accomplished, divorce and bail. And um, I don't know, I just, you know, we just did what we did, you know. And it, it was raining. It was, you know... It was cold, <laughs> but um, I think it, I think we got some stuff done in the spirit over that. Well, and the point is just to obey and let God handle the rest. And if God gives us further direction on that, to obey that. We did the uh, federal and the county courthouse, and um, we uh, did did the divorce on the uh, in front of the federal courthouse. And then uh, uh, Laquina and Anita really felt led that we should walk all the way around the property, and so we did that, just praying in the spirit. And uh, you know, whatever came up to us, we spoke out. And uh, it was a long ways around. By the time we got around it, you know, we really felt a. <laughs> We felt a release and felt like we had done what we were supposed to do. And uh, then we went to the county courthouse and uh, did the same thing. And then the sheriff's office and the jail is attached to that. So we wow. we worked on that. And then there's a, a Native American statue and an inscription in front of that that I'd never noticed. And and uh, so we came against anything associated with that and anything that's given glory to anything besides God. And The... Um I felt like we should, and I told Eric that when we first got there, I felt like we should walk around in the Laquina that she had that same, you know, she was inspired also by the Holy Spirit. But like that scripture that you had given us that whatever your feet, wherever your feet have trodden, that would be our, our inheritance. That really stood strong there. But um, I heard that the federal courthouse was going to be a beacon of light. And I don't whether that be in the county or state or both, we'll, we'll take that. But we also prayed for the protection of uh, anyone there and then righteous leaders and judges and everything. Mary Melissa? Uh, we went to uh, Foster Auditorium on the university campus. Um, as probably most of you know, that's where George Wallace stood in the schoolhouse door and said that, you know, segregation forever. Um, he didn't want uh, black students to be admitted to the university. And um, of course, now there's a there's a there's a big clock tower. There's a, a monument there honoring uh, authoring Lucy and Vivian uh, Malone and James Hood, who were the black students who who did en uh, enroll at the university. Um, but Melissa and I had uh, Walter and Shanita with us and uh, it just, it worked out perfectly because we, we felt led to do what, uh, what, uh, 
Pastor Benefil had done with the Native Americans, and we uh, basically uh, asked for forgiveness as as white people from Alabama, uh, representatives of the white community, um, asked forgiveness for members of the black community in the state for how uh, how our community had discriminated against and and uh, and and done so you know so many terrible things to their community. Um, and they, they, you know, they received, you know, uh, from us our, our, that, um, that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh re- repentance from that. Um, and we, uh, we also, uh, we, we claimed that, that land because we, we, we put our feet on it and, uh, and we, uh, and then later on, Miss Debbie talked about that in a, in a later service about, you know, claiming where, whithersoever the sole of your foot shall tread. Uh, and we, and we claimed it. And, um, you know, we didn't really, we didn't see any real, you know, sign in the heavenlies or, or anything like that. But, um, a few minutes later we were, we walked over to the quad and, and there was somebody getting married on the quad right after we did that. And it just, it, it it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but it, it almost felt like, okay, well, you know, this, this relationship was dissolved and now. A new relationship can can be started because you can't. You know, it's otherwise it's, it's it's not legal. If you got if you got more than one, you can't do that. Um, but uh, it was we we really we really had a had a had a good time. I mean, we we really felt uh, uplifted uh, by by doing that. Well, I just thought it was interesting that um, the fiftieth anniversary of that event is next month. So this is the fiftieth year after you know that had happened, and so I thought that it was interesting that we chose to do that this year um and also i know that there have been you know people who have gone and and said oh we're so sorry that this happened but i'm not sure that the two races have ever been represented like that on a spiritual level and ask for forgiveness and the forgiveness was given and it just seems significant so i felt like that was very significant too and it was pretty much unplanned that part and because uh, uh, we didn't assign Shanita and Walter to go, it just they just volunteered, and and uh, I'm sure it was mostly unplanned. And I believe the timing was, you know, we talk about prophetic acts, but the timing was prophetic there, not only of the wedding, but the timing of the 50th year. That was the prof- the timing was just too prophetic to be, you know, hallelujah. So uh, Kathleen, do you want to share anything about anything you and Lawrence have done? Yes. I think, I don't know, I have a witness. She's a blessing. I don't know. And, uh, but uh, they went to Gorgas Library, which has some demonic symbols on it. And then they went to Denny Chimes, which could be, I'm not sure if it really is that obelisk, like the Washington Monument. Anyway, we didn't, we just didn't let it slip by us anyway. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, And, uh, don't know exactly what that symbolizes or stands for, but, and then like she said, the, she did the president's mission. They also did the new Masonic lodge on uh, Hargrove road. And that is a monstrosity. It kind of looks devilish or something. I don't know to be a brand new building. It's kind of got, huh? And they went to the Muslim center that's on Bryant drive and I as I was been reading on the history of Alabama I realized I didn't know this but I think that we've got a Hindu center here and it's one of the I think it's the only one in the state we got to figure out where that thing is you know and uh so um 
Uh, there's quite a few more things that I have wrote down in a book. I keep thinking of places, oh, we need to go there, oh, we need to go there. But I just felt like the Lord's saying, just take your time, go as, you know, because John Benefield says in this book, I couldn't find where he said it, but I remember he said it. He said, whatever, you, whatever grounds you take, you got to maintain. And so we're going to we're going to increase to inherit and we'll go as God leads us to different places. Um, and uh, we, you know, keep keep your prayers out there. Keep your faith out there for what you've done. And uh, and I know Pastor and Lawrence went somewhere and uh, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. We went to Brookwood to the Masonic Lodge there, and it was uneventful except for wandering all over Brookwood. And and it was just a little bitty place. And um, But we just stood outside our car and declared and decreed. And hallelujah. So the thing I would encourage you to do now is divorce bail on your own property if you haven't at your own home. Because you certainly have authority there. If you feel led, uh, mix up some yeast or buy you some yeast bread. I don't think God's real particular, you know. Praise God. We've used uh, other things for communion. I've heard people say they used water for communion and saltine crackers. Nobody says it has to be any certain thing. Some people take unleavened bread for communion because that's what, they took it Passover, and then some people say, well, we're resurrected now, and they take leavened bread for communion. And we've took it on both sides. We've had King's Hawaiian bread for communion. <laughs> we had a Bible study, and the, the King's Hawaiian loaf was sitting on the cabinet waiting for our our uh, Bible study, and we were going to take communion, and one of our friends from Roscoe smelt it, and it smells so good. She just went over there and took a big chunk out of it before and ate it, and we're like, Joyce, that's the communion bread. And then everybody said, oh, well, you know, David went in and ate the show bread, so how <laughs> So, you know, God's not real particular, so if you want to leaven your, leaven your lump, but the, 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 the leavening symbolizes... Um, the advancement of the kingdom of God. And so, and that the kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of God is growing. And we know that from Isaiah 9, 7, which says, uh, let's just turn there and we'll be through. I like this scripture. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So of the increase of his government or his kingdom, there shall be no end. And so uh, that's something uh, that would be good to do. Praise God. Well, let's turn.